Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran. You are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. This episode is presented by AT&T Business. Hey, Barbara. This is Gina. I'm calling from Williamsburg, Virginia. I am a New Yorker, though. I'm sure you can tell that I'm not Southern. Um, My first question is, what do you think is the biggest challenge for a boutique cookie business um, in today's climate? given walk-in traffic is just about opening up again. Um, I know you invest in Daisy Cake, so you know the sweet business pretty well. So just wanted to hear some thoughts on that. Um, My second question is, with limited funds available, would you choose to spend your money on packaging or advertising? Gina, first off, everything is opening up. So you're in for some heydays and you're going to do a lot of bang up sales. So get ready for the tide coming in as it's coming in for everybody. Your important question, how do I spend my money wisely? You're on a limited budget. Every young entrepreneur is on a limited budget. And the people that do well with it are the people who spend carefully, give it a lot of thought as to where would my pennies best be spent? And you're obviously asking those questions, which is a great place to start. I say you have to spend on both. You have to spend on packaging and you have to spend on advertising. And it might seem at first blush insurmountable, like, my gosh, I only have limited funds. Doesn't Barbara listen to me? Yes, I'm listening. I can tell you that you have to spend on packaging because what the role of packaging is, is it sets the customer up with an expectation of what the product's going to be. It's the first impression, like when you meet somebody, oh, he, she looks interesting. Well, the packaging has to look good to attract the person in. But that doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money. There are dozens of websites out there that offer very young talent who could do design work, color work, package design work for so little money. I don't even know how they stay in business. But you can have two or three people take a stab at initial packaging design and you won't spend more than a hundred bucks. And that's what you should be doing to start off with. So your packaging has to be good because it sets expectations. Secondly, you must spend money on advertising. And the word advertising is always misleading. It sounds so big and so broad and so expensive, but it doesn't have to be. You could advertise smart and clever. Simply, you could advertise on Instagram. And what a lot of young entrepreneurs don't realize is you can buy a market share like within 10 blocks of where your business is, or 20 blocks, or 30 blocks, and for $5 you spend on Instagram, you could get 100 local people to see your ad. That's amazing, right? So spend frugally on advertising, but choose your medium well, and I would say Instagram is the area that you can control best, spend the least, and get the biggest bang for your buck. Last, I want to add one thing which you didn't ask about. Make sure your branding is personal. Yes, I love Daisy Cakes. The reason Daisy Cakes, half the reason I should say, other than her working like crazy, but half the reason she's so successful is people know the person behind the brand. If you don't put your face forward with a with a uh, apron on, with a potholder in the hand, with a pretty 
cookie plate in your hand, you're out of your mind because what everybody loves is the baker. And so you have to be front and center as a baker. Make sure you keep yourself up front. That's it. That's my best advice. Get ready for the good old days. We're going to start to rock and roll. It's Barbara. Just call her. It's Barbara. Hello, this is Barbara. Hi, my name is Will, and I'm calling from East Lansing, Michigan. I'm actually currently on the Michigan State campus. Uh, I was just calling to ask you a question. I wanted to see what your thoughts or suggestions would be for a small business owner that started in high school and is just starting out and is trying to get some ground under their feet with uh, innovations in their field, but they're a little hesitant getting the patent process going. So, Will, you sound to me like a conservative guy. <laughs> Unless you fool me with that voice, but you sure sound like my first husband, and he was a conservative guy, okay? Conservative people like to have their I's dotted and the T's crossed all the time, and that can get in the way when you're starting a business. You almost want to play it loose. And you know why? If you don't play it loose, you don't see the cars coming. You don't know how to bob and weave. You're like focused on the line in the road, you know? Forget about the patent. You know, the only time you should be thinking about getting a patent is when you realize the whole world wants your product. Then you have something to protect. But if you're conservative by nature, chances are you'll spend money on the patent, make the attorneys rich instead of you rich by going through the process, spending your time in addition to the money. And you know, it's all for naught. Because until you can clearly see that people really, really love your product and really are wanting it and want to copy it, that's when you spend the money on a patent. Got it? Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. Now let's get back to the show. Barbara, my name is Tara, and I am in from Oregon, Illinois, and I was wondering how to deal with um, building a small business and a cop and copycat, and how to deal with um, someone who is trying to come in and, and essentially do everything that you're doing. So um, that's my question. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time, and I look forward to your feedback. Thanks, Barbara. Tara, I'm going to answer your question with a story how I learned about copycats, okay, and what they mean and how I, how I see it now differently than I did when I was a younger business person. When I was trying to build my real estate business here in New York City, I was doing individual sales and rentals, like one apartment at a time. And finally, I realized, whoa, there's a lot of development in New York. I want to get whole giant buildings, 300 units. And so I started calling on developers to get their trade. 300 listings versus one at a time. I did the math. That's what I wanted. But I didn't know how to do that business. A whole different kettle of fish. So I went to someone who was already in the business. Her name was um, Adrian Alpert, who's still in the business, I think. Okay. I went to Adrian Alpert's office and pretended I was a customer. I'm ashamed of this, but I'll tell it to you. 
I went into the sales office and pretended I was a customer so that I could see how they ran the operation. And every form they used, I said, can I have that? Could I have that? Could I have this? And I even slipped a few forms in my purse. And then I went back to my own company and I replicated all those forms and I knew the mechanism of running an on-site sales job. And I opened a few offices, all over Manhattan with large buildings. In effect, I was a thief. I didn't see it that way, I justified it, but I was a thief, fancy thief, but a thief, okay? I was ashamed when I went back to my desk the following Monday, this was a Friday morning. Following Monday, I get a phone recording from Mrs. Alpert, who owned the business. I was terrified to listen to it. And you know what she said? She said, Barbara, I understand you were in my sales office at such and such address, and that you were wondering how that on-site business actually operates and that we were able to help you with a few of the forms. I'm holding my breath, feeling the pound in my heart. <laughs> and then she goes on to say, just know that I'll help you in any way that I can. I'll give you all the forms, I'll teach you how the whole business runs, and I'm very, very happy to have you as a rival. Here's my number, call me anytime. I was stunned. I thought, what a class act, and what a small person I am. I was ashamed. I called her when I got the courage. I think it took me three days to get over my shame. I finally called her and thanked her, and I became her number one rival and then superseded her, and she was always gracious. Here's what I've learned about copycats. It's the highest compliment in the world. Every single business I invested in Shark Tank that is the exceptional businesses that's making the most money are copied every day. It's a good sign. It means we're onto something good. And what also a copycat does is it encourages you, insists that you do even a better job. It keeps you on the edge, keeps you on your toes. So when you're having copycats, which I hear you are, Tara, copycats, copycats, send them a thank you note and thank them at least in your head thank you for copying me it's the highest compliment in business you could get and that's all we have time for today if you have a question leave me a voicemail on the business unusual hotline 888 barbara that's 888 b-a-r-b-a-r-a you can also tweet it to me at barbara corcoran and i may just answer it on a future episode You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.